This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Welcome in San Diego. It is Gwyn and Chris. It is a Friar Friday. We are so happy you are with us. Chrisello, Tony Gwynn Jr. in Milwaukee, where the Padres are getting set to start a three-game weekend series with the first-place Brewers. Matt Scraby alongside at the Odyssey Palace. Yes, we made it back safely from Las Vegas. We didn't make it back safely. We made it back in style from Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know where was the first class airplane ticket from the know. people at Circa, right? You know, we got know. The, the limo drivers and the, the whole thing, the VIP treatment for we a did. couple of days. It was a lot of fun. It so. was kind of interesting to get. You, they didn't, you guys didn't have that treatment when you got back? No, 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 we're back no. in the we're back Actually, in the we're back in the studio. We're just back in the pits now. Yeah, yeah, back in yeah. our normal world. Yeah, they, no one came for me at the airport. I had to wait for the the airport shuttle and all. Yeah, this other you had stuff. to be a normal person. Yeah, again I did, today. I did. But yeah. it, it it was interesting getting in a limo at six o'clock this morning with a bunch of booze and very loud music and lights going on in the limo. In the limo, yeah, that was, was a little was loud for me at that time of day. I, I, you know, t- first thing I said when we spilled out of the limo again at the airport was. All these people at the airport are going to look at this limo and go, who is I wonder that? who those guys are. <laughs> and come to find out we're just... They're like, who, who's that, that, two dumpy, schlubs. that dumpy looking guy over there? Just two schlubs. But uh, yes, yeah, so we had a great time. Thanks again to... Uh, to Derek Stevens and and everybody there at Circa Sports, uh, the Circa Sports book, the uh, in Las Vegas, and uh, it was a great show yesterday. Lots of fun being there, and uh, we're happy to be back in San Diego. But Tony carries on in Milwaukee. How are you today, sir? I am fantastic. Yeah. Here at lovely American Family Field. Did you have a uh, lot of? Do you have a lot of people to go see when you go to Milwaukee with a day off like that? I know you had to do I the do show. Today. But... I do today. They happen to be uh, putting Ben Sheets into the Hall of Fame here. Ah. So I got a call yesterday uh, inviting me to that ceremony as I was his teammate while he was here. So um, I'll, I'll be at that ceremony tomorrow. I see my good buddy Ricky Weeks down there today. I know CeCe Sabathia is coming into town. So... Um, yeah, I think uh, I will have quite a few hellos to say. The clubhouse attendance downstairs that I had frequent for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I, I will be uh, saying a lot of hellos and, yes. and highs. Tony Gwynn Jr. back where he uh, where it all began for him yes. in his major league baseball career with the Brew Crew, and uh, hopefully this is where it begins for the Padres. Tony, Thanks. an incredible run to finish the 2023 season because that is what it's going to take. We discussed this yesterday. Padres need to probably go at least 
at least 23 and 11 in the last 34 games. That would uh, that would make up six ground six games on the Diamondbacks if the Diamondbacks play 500 baseball the rest of the way. So you're, we're asking the Padres to do something. Obviously, they haven't done all year. They got to start it by winning three or four in a row. But to that end, they got Darvish on the hill tonight. They're going to go with Pedro Avila tomorrow. I think Scraby's getting his way on that one. Because you've been asking for Avila to start have, over Rich Hill, and yeah. uh, Bob Melvin's going to agree with you on that. And then Sunday it'll be Michael Walker, who's going to be our Friar Friday guest today. But, you know, it doesn't really matter, Tony, who the Padres play, right? I mean, because nope. they seem to play just as well, if not better, against the, the first-place teams anyway. So I don't think there's anything to worry about the opponent. The worry is the Padres themselves. They just got to go out and uh, provide some consistency. That's really it. Um, they've gotten good pitching at times when, you know, they didn't, you know, know if they would get good pitching. And I'm not talking about Darvish. I mean, I'm talking about really the, the entire staff. Yeah. They've, they've, they've held it down. There's no doubt about it. And so today after I thought was a, they scored four runs, um, three of which on Sandy Alcantara, um, I thought that was one of their better, like, full games against elite pitching. And they have to replicate that today. Yeah, because uh, they're going to see elite pitching tonight. Woodruff's they're gonna, good. They're going to see it again. Brandon yeah. Woodruff, although he hasn't pitched a ton this year, this dude has top-of-the-rotation type stuff. So the the focus, the game plan may be a little bit different, depending. And the thing is, you don't have a whole lot of uh, really – not a whole hell of a lot to work with dealing with Woodruff. He's only had, I what, three or four starts this season. So, um, it, it's going to be a it's 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 another one of those tough tasks. They got to find a way to get it done. Got to find a way to really start getting it done here. The Diamondbacks did move ahead of the Reds last night with a uh, with a late home run. Corbin Carroll lifted the Diamondbacks into the final wild card playoff position. But that that's fluid. I mean, that's you know, there's six teams there and they're all changing places. And, you know, they're beating each other a little bit, so that does give the Padres a chance to pick up ground. But the big but, the Padres have to find a way, you know, to get something started here. And uh, hopefully uh, tonight's the night. They're, like we've said, there's no way I'm going to believe that they're going to make it through this whole t- entire 2023 without a one five-game win streak. Come on now. Let alone four. they got to do it. They're going to have to do it. If yeah. they want to close the gap, they're going to have to certainly – Put one together. I just, I don't think, I think that's really yeah. it. Yeah, there was a big headline in the paper today here in San Diego talking about this season and how perplexing it's been. And perplexing is a great word uh, to try and describe this season. And, and here's why they use the word perplexing. Kevin Acey's article was very good today. It brought up five things. And I'm going to try to remember them off the top of my head. But it brought up five things that the Padres have actually had go incredibly well in their favor this year and still having the kind of season they're having. And it was an interesting point because normally when a team underperforms, you can look at a bunch of stuff, Tony, right? You can look at injuries. You can look at you know yeah. uh, slumps. You can look at you know uh, bad losses, close losses. You can look at runners in scoring position. Those things have happened to the Padres. But there's five things that have actually gone tremendously well this year, and they were pointed out in the article. One is Hassan Kim, 
who has blossomed into a terrific, you know, all-star level player this year, and hopefully he will. Uh, this is a glimpse of things to come for Hassan. The other is Blake Snell. Not that he's not done it before, but if somebody would have told you that Blake Snell would be a Cy Young Award candidate this year, you certainly would have felt the Padres are having a great season. The other is the performance of Michael Waka and Seth Lugo, two guys that were supposed to be your four and five guys in your rotation, but have pitched more like numbers one and two, or at least two and three. Uh, so, I mean, and, and there's a couple of other things that, that just kind of don't really coincide with where the Padres are, the fact that their defense is one of the best in the league. And I think the final thing was the fact that the Padres um, have have had great success in terms of being able to... um, Man, now it's escaping me. Oh, I knew if I tried to do this off the top of my head, I would be <laughs> you able almost to. got through it there. Though, I man. almost made it, and it was just there on the tip of my tongue, too. But my, I think the point of the article was pretty good. And the point of the article is it would be easier to explain the season if so many things hadn't gone well for the Padres. Yeah, Does no, that make I mean, any sense? Yeah. No, it makes, it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. But um, it, it's... In some ways, right, as much as things, those things have gone right. I don't think you can deny any of those things, from Kim to Snell to Lugo and, and Walker. Those things have gone ultimately as well. But the things that haven't gone well um, uh, in terms of the, the on the offensive side, because like, all of those things, with the exception of Kim, um, really affect the, the, the yeah. defensive side. And the other thing, I remember the other thing, Tony, is the fact that the Padres lead Major League Baseball in quality starts. Right. Now, again, another pitching Another pitching it, statistic. It, it, yeah. Statistic. And we yeah. have it one time really outside of maybe a half of July and a little bit of August, have we said anything about the pitching, right? Uh, it's been the offense all year. And the interesting thing is when you Manny's down, now, Soto's down. Right from where they normally are, Toddy's yeah. about Tardy, Toddy's about where he has been throughout. Maybe a little bit down. Uh, Kim is up. Cronenworth's down. Um, who am I missing? Well, you're missing the uh, other contributing guys. Your DHs who did not perform well for you. Grisham's been down a little, but he was already kind of down. Well, I'm about to say Grisham's up compared to right. where he, he might was actually last be a year. little bit up. Yeah, the um, catching position was. Was you know actually has done a little better than I think we thought, thanks to Gary Sanchez, right? And so, so. Uh, again, it it boils down to the offense, and you know I, I don't think Manny's I, clearly to me watching Manny, he's banged up. There's a reason why we talked about it a little bit yesterday. There's a little bit reason why he DH in the last however many games. It's the most I've remember him DHing in a Padre uniform since the DH has come uh, come about, except with the exception of the ankle last year where he you know. Had to get off of it for a little bit, um, and so you know it, it's it's if you're if guys aren't having just their normal years um, that are impact, it's going to have a significant you know. Yeah, yeah, it's had a, and, it's, and it's had a significant uh, significant effect on this season. Uh, we all remain hopeful that there's one hot streak in there for this offense and. Hopefully it'll get underway tonight. In the meantime, Robert Suarez does get a 10-game suspension from Major League Baseball. I didn't hear whether or not he's planning to appeal. He is appealing. He is appealing. So he's going to play or be available for the time being? Until that appeal takes its course. Okay. Well, 
Hopefully he'll at least get it reduced. I mean, you, you know, what you said yesterday made a whole lot of sense, Tony. I mean, you know, obviously Major League Bay, obviously Robert Suarez did not come into yesterday, or not yesterday's game, but the game on Wednesday, and say, you know, just for fun today, I'm going to put a little extra stick him on. I mean, he's been pitching all year long, or not all year long, but since he got, you know, came off the injured list, and, and he's pitched, you know, 10, 11 times this year. Can't imagine he did anything differently than he normally does. So it doesn't make sense that he was trying to cheat the game. And baseball has been very inconsistent in the way they've governed this. So hopefully they'll see that and be able to reduce the suspension. Because, you know, Scraby said this, and he's right. A 10-game suspension to a bullpen guy is way more impactful than a 10-game suspension to a starter who might miss one start. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, ideally... For a starter, it, it, it's two starts, right? Ten yeah, days. That's, one or that's two. A, that, yeah. That's an impact. But you, maybe, and I've said this since they came on, maybe you need to make the starters more serious, you know, maybe not just two starts. Because after, as you said, if every fifth day you're on the mound, that's ten days. You only miss two as a reliever. You know, they're not going to pitch all ten days, but that's that could be five, five games that you're missing for, right? Yeah. For sure. And so it's a heavier impact for, for relievers. So I don't know. I think it needs to be more even-handed. And I'm not saying that 10 games is too much. I'm saying maybe 10 games for different, you know, starters versus relievers versus position players. That, like even for a position player, that, 10 days, that's every day. That guy is gone for all 10, right, yeah. should something like that happen. And I know that the other side to that story, if you're out there and you're saying, well, then don't cheat in the first place. We're, we're not totally defending Robert Suarez here. Obviously, something went amiss, but, Tony, your point yesterday is so correct. He hasn't pitched, you know, the time he's pitched this year legally, and then yesterday decided, or Wednesday decided, I need a little extra today against the Marlins. At least no, I don't. That, that doesn't make any sense to me, at least. No. I, so. I think, ultimately, even if he had been pushing the envelope in every start before then, he's had been checked before. They no other umpire had an issue. Um, that one's it. Maybe he put too much on. I don't know what the deal is, but either way, I just think there needs to be so that guys don't feel like they need. Because you know, ask hitters, they would have told you at a certain point before the spider tack stuff came out that they wanted guys using stuff because they didn't want to be in danger of a ball slipping out of somebody's hands. But obviously, the spider tack was a, a bridge too far. And, you know, now guys may feel a little bit differently. Like, I don't know if I can trust that it's just, you know, rosin or or uh, pine tar. Nobody's really cared about that. That stuff's been around for a long time. It's the it's the pushing the envelope beyond that, and that's the part that's hard to police. Like, how do you know, right? You 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 you, you touch them, and, and to the umpires on, what was that, Wednesday, right? Yeah. On Wednesday, they felt like that was more than – what they normally have been touching, you know? So, and, you know, I think that's objective. Yeah. All right. Well, Padres will have Robert Suarez available until further notice. We'll have a good show available for you, a quick show, two hours. But Michael Walker, Padres' uh, right-handed starters having a tremendous year, will be our Friar Friday guest. That's coming up in this hour, so don't go anywhere. Also, Bob Melvin was on this morning with Ben and Woods, said he would be sticking around for another year. 
We'll talk about that and hear what he had to say on with our morning show. So a big Friar Friday, getting you ready for the sports weekend. Gwyn and Chris, Chris Ello, Matt Scraby from the Odyssey Palace Studios in San Diego. Tony Gwynn in Milwaukee on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Sí, pues defendiendo de que yo no sé ninguna sustancia ilegal y, y esperando la respuesta sobre la apelación. Oh, well, it, it's just defending myself in terms that I didn't use any single foreign substance, so I'm just defending this decision and that's best. That was the interpreter of uh, Robert Suarez. You also heard exactly from Robert Suarez uh, in Espanol there. Uh, welcome back to Gwen and Chris. 2.22 is the time. Uh, Robert Suarez uh, did indeed uh, get a 10-game suspension from Major League Baseball, but he is appealing, and uh, that is his reasoning for appealing. also wanted to play this. Uh, Robert was asked today about what the umpires told him when they went out to the mountain on Wednesday. Here's what he said about that. ¿Qué, qué exactamente lo que planeas este, apelar por el hecho de que los umpires están diciendo que era algo que está un poco pegajoso y un poco de tu postura? Ellos, eh, me imagino que dicen que es una sustancia ilegal. La verdad, yo, eso no es nada ilegal lo que yo estaba usando y ese es mi, mi, mi punto. My point is, uh, I wasn't using anything illegal. They, they contend that it, it was something, but from my point of view, from what I did, nothing was wrong. All right, so there's He's Robert Suarez. It. You know, the other thing is, I, I was kind of mentioning yesterday that the bewildered look on his face when they came to check him. But, you know, part of that also could be the language situation. That is true, The umpires yeah. probably did not come up and start speaking Spanish to Robert Suarez, explaining to him exactly what was going on. Next thing he knew, they were kind of ushering him off the field. They were. And, uh, you know, he may not have quite picked up on exactly what was happening. I, I, I don't know. I... I feel like we're defending him to a certain extent because he's a Padre, and if he wasn't a Padre, we'd be coming down harder on well, him. Well, I mean, I did make fun of Max Scherzer quite a bit. We did, but Max Scherzer's a starting pitcher. And, true, true. You know, I, I just think Tony's point is the one that carries through with me. Is that Tony? You know, brought up. I mean, why would he come in and pitch all year long, and then just out of nowhere say, you know, today I'm going to cheat? 
I, I got to believe he's pretty much does the same thing before he pitches every time. Probably puts some sunscreen there so that he's got a little better feel for the baseball. And he either put too much on or whatever the case was. You know, the umpires thought it was too much. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't I, I don't feel like he was trying to get an edge necessarily. I think he was trying to just grip the baseball. But maybe we're just homers. Maybe we're just homers. You know? I mean, we got to say it. It could just be the, the way it is. I mean, Padres can't afford to lose him for 10 games. No. Uh, they're going to lose him for at least a few uh, on the suspension. He'll appeal it. He'll be available tonight, probably through the weekend. Then they'll decide... Hopefully they'll trim it down a little bit because, you know, like we said, starting pitcher misses two starts. Why should a reliever have to miss potentially ten appearances? That yeah, I don't seem understand right. it. And you know what? Like, whatever happened to, I think it was in 2020 or 2021, when they used to send the evidence off for testing. Like, whatever happened to that? So they could send his glove or his scrapings of his arm. Scrapings? And, and pr- you want to send scrapings proof, in for testing? And prove it was just rosin and sunscreen. But they don't do that anymore for some I reason. They just they, they just suspend people. I don't know what they do. I think Sony had the best solution, and that is come up with a baseball that has a little stickiness to it so the pitcher's don't feel like they have to use any kind of substance at all uh, because the fact of the matter is it's not like they're using none and then he got caught using some the facts are that a lot of pitchers use some and Robert Suarez got caught using potentially too much uh, who's to say he doesn't want to protect his skin <laughs> That's uh, there is a lot on Twitter about how baseball should really be applauding him because he is uh, showing he's good being skin safe care. for skin yes. cancer. That yes. a boy, Robert Suarez, should be a spokesperson for skin cancer. Our program director Adam Klug joked that if Josh Hader got the same suspension, he might only miss one appearance. Ooh. Oh, hardcore shot from our program director. Adam Klug. Josh Hader started to appear in more games here recently because the Padres have been in a safe situation. I don't understand why everybody was so upset that Josh Hader wasn't pitching much. I, I, I want to see the guy more. I understand you want to see him more, but he's a closer. He pitches in that role. And if that role doesn't come around, then we don't see him. But it's like you're you're just... We've been over this, but you're just holding him and holding him and holding him. And I know that the Padres. But as soon as you use him, as soon as you use him just for the heck of it, then you're going to really need him the next three games, and you're not going to have him. Yeah, I I know, I know. I know you know. I know. I know you know. I don't like it. All right, I got really good news for everybody. First of all, Michael Walker is going to be our Friar Friday guest. He's uh, set to join us from Milwaukee. Anytime here in the next five minutes, uh, Michael Walker will be calling in. Tony is there in Milwaukee. He's running around, going to try to come back for our uh, Friar Friday interview. We'll also have him later for the Big Five. But uh, Tony's in and out of the program. As he said, he's busy in Milwaukee. He's, uh, he's big time there in, uh, in Milwaukee where he started his baseball career. So we'll have some Tony coming up. We'll have Michael Walker on the program here shortly. Um, uh, Fernando. Bobbleheads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about that? I'm pretty excited. Yeah, the final bobblehead giveaway of 2023. I don't know. Did they save the best for last? I think so. Well, yeah. I don't know. The Hassan Kim bobblehead was pretty popular. Hassan Kim bobblehead was pretty popular because of the kind of season Hassan Kim has had. But the Fernando Tatis bobblehead is going to be given away to the first 40,000 fans in attendance at the Padres-Phillies game on September the 5th. So it's coming up. About a couple of weeks from now, next homestand, as it were, Padres and Phillies, September 5th 
You get a Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead. Go to Padres.com slash tickets for information. Oh, but I have even better news than that. Oh, yes? We have one to give away on this show today. Oh, we do? We do. I don't know why we're talking like this. I don't I think know. We're, we're, we got up at 5.30 in the morning. We were up early today. This is us today. Yeah. Just walking around the airport. <laughs> Stumbling and bumbling. Stumbling and bumbling. Anyway, uh, yes, we do have a Fernando Tatis bobblehead uh, to give away on the program today. We'll let you know how uh, you can win that between now and 4 o'clock. Uh, Bob Melvin was on the uh, morning show with Ben and Woods today. Had some interesting things to say. One of the things that caught my eye was his answer to the question, where is his head at as far as managing next season is concerned? Here's what Bo Mel told Ben and Woods. Well, I have one more year left in my contract. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I'm going to finish out what I started, um, you know, less someone else telling me not to. Right. So, you know, this it, it's just where I am, but I'm not even focused on that at all. I don't, I don't worry about you know, more years or anything like that. We're, we're just, we're, like you said, we're getting through a slog of a season that there's still something left to be accomplished with a really good team. So that's where my focus is on, on today's game against Milwaukee. That is a good managerial type answer right there. But he did tell us that he plans on finishing out his deal. So does that mean he'll be back next year? No, not 100%. No, he said if, as long as if he, the Padres yeah. don't want him back, then he won't be back. He's going to get paid. Yeah. He's got another year. So that's good for him. Uh, he says he's not going to walk out on his contract, mm-hmm. nor would I have expected him to. So there you have it. Uh, Bob Melvin says he'll be back next year as long as the Padres want him back. You t- uh, tweeted something out today about uh, oh, Aaron if Boone. something happened with Bob Melvin and Aaron became available. I'd love to have Aaron Boone if that was the way it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a. There what was... I don't want is the Padres to fire Bob Melvin and hire some brand new, fresh off the the turnip truck, or somebody replacing him from his own staff. Because if you're going to hold, and I'm not trying to pick on you know Ryan Flaherty, but I maybe I guess I am. If you if you don't think Bob Melvin is good enough to bring back, then don't tell me one of his assistant coaches is good enough to replace him. Because it's the same staff. That is a very, very good point. There's, if there's, and I said this a couple weeks ago. If there is someone on the staff right now that's a better manager than Bob Melvin, he would be the manager. He should be. Yeah. Either that or he should be. So you shouldn't be wasting our time with somebody else. I mean, you should. You shouldn't be wasting our time with Bob Melvin if you've got somebody better than him already employed. So don't don't replace Bob Melvin with somebody on your own staff. Don't replace Bob Melvin with somebody who's going to have to learn for a couple of years. This is not a franchise that needs a uh, a new manager learning on the fly. This is a franchise that has to win now, did not win this season, cannot afford not to win again next season. So if Bob Melvin, so my answer to you was if Bob Melvin were to be let go, and it's a distinct possibility, i got to say, as long as they disappoint and continue disappointing. And if Aaron Boone is let go, wouldn't bother me to have Aaron Boone take over. I think he's a he's a kick-butt manager. I kind of like him. There's a lot of fans out there that have said they want the Aaron Boone style, which is to... A little more yelling, a, a little, little more, more yelling, in your little, face. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. He'd be a lot more challenging of an interview for us on the program. 
Uh, yes, he would. Yeah, if yes, you ask him, would. I think if you ask Aaron Boone a dumb question, he'd tell you that's a dumb question. You know what? I've seen his interviews. <laughs> I've seen his interviews, and he doesn't. Have you? He doesn't really do that. Oh, good. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind if that turns out to be the case. But we'll see what ends up happening with Bo Mel. Here's Bob Melvin talking about the fact that he and everybody else around this ball club understands where the Padres are right now. Uh, could be a little of that, but we've done that several times. I think everybody <laughs> understands where we are right now. So I think it may, it might be a little bit more about what we've just talked about it, it looking at the schedule, understanding, seeing where we are. I mean, it's, it's as clear as could be. It's basically a month. You see the teams ahead of us, you see the pockets of, of games and where the strengths are and where the potential weaknesses might be. So I think it's going to be more than that, but, but like you're talking about, you know, this is, this is it now. So you know, every series, if we potentially lose, you know, could be the, you know, last series for us to, you know, keep going like this with, with hope and so forth. So uh, there are no excuses at this point in time as far as where we need to be and what needs to be done. And, and we have to run off some games. We have to win a lot of series. We have to play our best baseball that we've played this year in the last 34 games. So like I said before, there's a lot of clarity in where we are right now. Here is a rundown of the 34 games that the Padres have left. They have 10 games against teams that are ahead of them in the wild card race. Three against the Phillies and seven against the San Francisco Giants. Those are the only games they have against the teams that are ahead of them. They do not play the Cubs. They do not play the Diamondbacks. They do not play the Reds or the Marlins. All right, so there you have. You got 10 games where you can pick up direct ground on the teams you're chasing. You have nine games against teams that are currently very, very good and probably headed to the playoffs. One being this three game series with the Brewers. You have three more at Houston coming up, and you have three in Los Angeles against the Dodgers coming up. And we know how tough those are because they can't ever seem to beat the. By the way, how sick and. Are you by the fact that the Dodgers are nineteen and three in the month of August? Yeah, that's pretty annoying. I mean, they were supposed to not be that great this year, and yet they're having just as good a season as always. You know what this season with the Padres proves to me is that it is it's incredibly hard to be a consistent winner in baseball, and it's amazing that they've been able to. Well, give the be Dodgers like some are. credit, man. They're yeah. doing it, and I hate to give them me the credit. Too. I'll give it to them begrudgingly. Uh, the other fifteen games for the Padres are against lousy teams. They have 15 games left against lousy teams. That would be three against Oakland, three against Colorado, three against the White Sox, and six against the Cardinals. So they've got a shot with the schedule. But as we've kind of discovered with the Padres, schedule doesn't seem to affect them. It's just a matter of how well they play on a given night. Take a little break. Come back. Hear from Michael Waka, our Friar Friday interview, when we return on Gwen and Chris. All right, it's Fire Friday. We uh, carry on here with the conversation, Chris Ella. Tony Gwynn Jr. is in Milwaukee. That's where he began his major league career. That's where he's also going to call tonight's game between the Padres and the Milwaukee Brewers. Matt Scraby's alongside here in the Odyssey Palace. We are going to be joined here. Tony is joining us. Back. Tony by Tony Gwynn Jr. Yes. I see. And he has to go back downstairs. He's a very popular guy. Oh, yeah. He's got to see everybody today. So, um, so we sounds like no Walker yet, huh? Michael Walker's gone to the team meeting. And Do you know what this is about, Tony? Apparently, we're going to get him after the team uh, well, meeting. This so. is the first. Uh, it's the first meeting, first game of a series. They always have a, a team meeting yeah. to oh. go over 
scouting report. We thought this was the team meeting that was going to determine the future of every single player <laughs> in the Padre organization. Yeah, no, not that type of meeting. Yeah. No, I think, if I'm not sure, I saw Michael before um, the first meeting, and he said he had a meeting at 4.15 and then one at 4.45. So we probably, you guys probably won't get to speak to him until... My guess is probably after five. Yeah, during well, the five o'clock. Five hours, o'clock, three o'clock, time. three o'clock hour time. Three, we'll, yes, sorry, sorry, three o'clock it's your okay. time. It's we okay. will, we will look forward to uh, whenever Michael Walker joins us today. Bob Melvin said that he plans on finishing out his contract next year. Tony, I told uh, Ben and Woods that I this doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form. Bob Melvin's the last thing from a quitter, um, so. You know, I think the next 34 games are going to determine a, a whole lot of things as far as, you know, where this franchise goes in terms of, you know, what they want to do. But you and I have said it all along, i got to stay with it. Blowing things up, to me, is not going to put everything back together by next April. No. I, I, to me, just, you know, ride it out, make some changes along the fringes if you have to. But uh, this ball club should be better next year. Hopefully they still have time to be better this year. Yeah, no, I I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, you know, I, I as when when your big four aren't having the years that they typically have, I don't care what team you have you have, um, that's going to be tough for any team. And so, um, thirty, how many games left? Thirty, what? Two? Thirty-four. Thirty-four games left. Yes, sir. That could change in the last thirty-four. We've seen these type of things happen, um, but I certainly don't think um, it's on Bo Mel. I, I definitely don't think he's been perfect throughout the year. Um, there are certainly things that. Um, Wait a I second, think... what manager's been per? Right? I mean, <laughs> I, I know people. Snicker? I really? You I think? Don't know. I'm just naming. I mean, the you best haven't team watched. You haven't watched every Atlanta game this season. I guarantee, you at least once, he's brought a reliever in who's given up a game. I'm sure he has. You know. Sure. But um, yeah, Bob Melvin would love to you know have some moves back, but I don't. I just don't think the guy forgot how to manage. I know a lot of people don't don't like him. They don't think he's the guy. I, I'm just not inclined to be thinking that way. So we'll see. Did you see the uh, Oakland Athletics great owner John Fisher today? I did. did his very first national interview since he purchased the A's. 18 years ago. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. His first interview in 18 years. I got to tell you, I read the guy's quotes. I expected him to just be a total idiot. Didn't sound like a total idiot. <laughs> I mean, he did come from, he, he made his money from the gap. So Sounded, he's not an idiot. Sounds like an idiot, just not a total idiot. <laughs> but he basically said, in his first national interview in 18 years since buying the A's, that they concluded that the he blamed the city of Oakland, which I'm sure is not going to make anybody in Oakland too happy, but he said that they had not done enough to raise the sufficient money to cover the commitments the city made when we bought the team. Now that's a he said, she said thing right there, Tony, because there's no way for any of us to check everything that was promised to him or the A's, but... Oakland sounds Mayor familiar, Shane Powell said that, yeah, it does. The Oakland Mayor said, uh, absolutely not. We raised far more than we were expected to raise. So he said, she said, like I said, said John Fisher, <laughs> what he thinks of the fans who hate him in Oakland 
He said, I take it personally as I should. It's my decision to move the team. The decision was mine. So I understand and appreciate the way fans feel about that decision. And there, that's uh, He has spoken. It's basically like, hang with him. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. This was my decision. Yeah. I respect Sorry, what you I, I respect what you had to say. Yeah. But it ain't changing my mind. That's what yeah. that means. That's exactly what that means. Uh Fisher and a gentleman by the name of Lou Wolf purchased the A's eighteen years ago for a hundred and eighty million dollars. Forbes estimates the current value at one point two billion dollars. Mm. Fisher, though, said Earlier this week to the Las Vegas Review-Journal that the A's lost $40 million last year alone. Says Fisher, I'm the one writing the checks, so I think I know what things cost. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that quote tickled me when I when Yeah, I, I kind of like that one. <laughs> but, but what are you putting into your business to make money? Nothing. I'm not defending him. I'm reporting. Don't shoot the messenger here. Uh, I feel really bad for these people in Oakland. We were just in Las Vegas. They don't. They're very excited about a team coming to. Las Vegas. I didn't hear any buzz. No, know, no, definitely it. no buzz. So you know, we'll see how they do. He says when they get to Las Vegas, they're going to start spending a ton of money. So why is he saying, "Well, we lost forty million dollars," but as soon as I get to Las Vegas, I'm going to be willing to spend a ton of money? Well, I, I think that go. Oh my gosh, I see Doug Melvin down there. Doug oh, Melvin, not wow. related to Bob Melvin. Not related to Bob Melvin. That's the GM. That was the GM when I was here. Former a, GM a, there, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I got distracted there. I think that goes back to him saying, not of defending him, any means, but him saying that they haven't. They, meaning the city, haven't lived, raised the money to handle their responsibilities for, and I think that also goes, because we saw a similar thing in San Diego, right? When Qualcomm started to fall apart, both the city and the team used to heckle over who was paying for what during that time, right? right. And then the, I think the Chargers eventually said, we're not paying for anything. And so it was a stalemate, and nothing got paid for it. The stadium just eventually started to evaporate basically. And, you know, that was kind of the contention while they were in San Diego, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it sounds very familiar. Uh, The Chargers kept saying, we're spending this money, and the city said they would spend more. The city saying, we're spending this money, and the Chargers said they would spend more. Right. And so... On and and none on. of us ever get to see any paperwork on it, so we just are we left just to try know. to figure out yeah. who's telling the truth, who's lying. All right, let's see what Michael Walker has to say. He is set to join us from Milwaukee, our Friar Friday guest, Padres right-hander Michael Walker, who's had uh, such a remarkably good year. Just getting him on the phone now, as far as I understand. Here we go. Michael, how are you today? Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Hey, uh, yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for having me on here. Well, Michael, first of all, congratulations on an amazing season. Uh, how have you felt this season has gone? Uh, thank you very much. Um, you know, uh, I guess as a team, you know, we, we definitely think that we should be in a different spot. You know, we feel like we, we got a team that should have been playing better earlier on in the season, but we feel like we still got some time here to – make a little run but uh personally uh you know i feel like the ball's been coming out good and just trying to build off of each start and uh you know keep things rolling there and give the give the team a shot to win a ball game every five days is kind of my mentality 
Michael, you certainly have done that for this ball club when you've been healthy. How, how has it been, you know, dealing with the shoulder, coming back from it? Like, what is the, 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 the mentality have, uh, have been for you as you come back from a, a shoulder issue that, you know, you've had issues with in the past? You've still gone out and thrown the ball, I mean, as if there was nothing wrong to begin with. Right. Um, you know, I tried to, unfortunately, yeah, it is a, a thing that, you know, I have to deal with is uh, the shoulder and managing it to, to where we can, we can get through the season. But, uh, you know, in that time that I did spend on the IL, I just tried to use that time to to really kind of grow grow my game, um, you know, continue to to prep for these teams that we're going to be facing and uh, get in the weight room and the training room and continue to, to keep getting getting better and stronger. So whenever I do come back, uh, I, I'll be ready to go. And, uh, you know, that it seems like that was the case. And just just trying to keep building and pick up where I left off. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at there. Michael Walker is with us. Uh, Padres, a right-hander, ten and two this year with a uh, glittering uh, two point six three earned run average. He's hardly been touched since the month of May. Uh, is your changeup this year, right now, Michael, as good? Are you as comfortable with it as you've ever been? I know you were in an All Star game. You've been in the World Series. You pitched on a big stage. But you seem to be throwing that pitch in all counts and with a tremendous amount of confidence right now. Yeah, no, I think I think it's probably in the best spot it's been in my whole career. I think, uh, you know, each year I keep learning and uh, keep getting better feel for that pitch and uh, kind of learning when to use it and how to use it uh, in that type of deals against certain hitters. And uh, I feel, you know, I feel like I've got really good command of it and can throw it at any count, any time. And then if I – I do get them looking for it. I feel like I've got other weapons to be able to to put them away with as well. So it's uh, I feel like I've got a good repertoire and continue to work on different things in the bullpen and how to use that repertoire uh, to my advantage and uh, and attack attack different types of hitters. But uh, you know, overall, you know that changeup has definitely been been my biggest weapon and uh, it's gotten me a lot of a lot of outs and some and some big time situations. That's for sure. Michael Walker joins us here on the Friar Friday, having a tremendous 2023 season. And, you know, oftentimes, Mike, we, we talk about offensive cohesiveness with a lineup. But um, when you look at this starting rotation, even with the pieces that have been in and out of the rotation, there does seem to be like a, a, a cohesiveness in that rotation. You and Seth Lugo both have fit in really well with the other three guys um, that have been in the rotation. Just talk about, you know, how your styles may differ, but you guys all seem to, to, to kind of feed off one another one way or another. Yeah, no, uh, whenever, whenever I see the guy out in front of me, go out and dominate the lineup that I'm going to be facing. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's almost a friendly competition on, Hey, I, I can do this too. And, uh, kind of see, see how you attack them and see how my repertoire plays against them as well. And, uh, uh, you know, just, just, Keep keep that keep that throttle down on them is, is kind of our mentality and uh, feeding off of one one another good start after good start and uh, you know we we all feel that uh, that starting pitching kind of sets the tone for the game and so if we just keep out and throwing up zeros give our offense uh, you know 
one, two times, two, three times through the lineup to to get get it going. Uh, you know, we we feel like we can we can keep them in a good spot to to win that ball game. And uh, you know, we we talk a lot in the in the clubhouse during meetings, uh, in the dugout, watching the game on uh, on hitters. And I feel like that's that's been very helpful and uh, you know getting us prepared for those outings. Michael Walker with us. Uh, great having him with us. We had you on and talked to you in Peoria at uh, spring training, Michael. And I know one of the things we talked about was the fact that San Diego was like your fourth different stop in the last four years. You'd gone from the Cardinals where you'd been through your career, and then it was the Mets, and then it was Tampa Bay, then it was Boston, and then it was San Diego. And you signed kind of at the last minute. Do you see yourself being able to work something out so that we can have you back again next year? <laughs> <laughs> man uh i i'll tell you that i i freaking love love san diego i love pitching at petco uh those fans have been showing up and supporting us all year and uh you know not losing that belief which is which is amazing and uh you know i i i absolutely love it you know i i feel like uh my stuff plays well in that ballpark and uh you know would would love to come back if, if the opportunity is there so uh you know i guess guess we got to you know, just keep finishing strong here. And, uh, you know, my, my focus really isn't on that. My focus is kind of on this last month and a month and a half on, uh, you know, finishing, finish out this season strong and, uh, us making a little run in the postseason. And then whenever that time comes, it'll be here. But, uh, you know, I can speak on, you know, how much I do love, love San Diego, love this team and, uh, you know, the opportunity to, to win a lot of ball games here and, uh, be in the postseason. Well, Michael, good luck in your start on Sunday. I uh, wish you the best there in Milwaukee, and uh, we'll see you back here in the next homestand. Thanks so much for being gracious to us and our listeners throughout the season. And, again, uh, continued great success to you, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You betcha. There he goes, Michael Walker, our Friar Friday interview. Joining us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. By the way, uh, the meeting that the Padres were having today, and we didn't ask him about it. This wasn't a big closed-door meeting. No. This was a meeting that they have every series before a new team they face. It's just a good thing Tony um, showed Tony back up. Tony enlightened No, 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 because I was about to I, – I, I, was, I was thinking about asking what's happening yeah, in no, that team Yeah, no, I mean, because we told all the listeners that he was going to be on, then we said they're in a meeting, and I don't want everybody to think that we didn't ask him what happened in the meeting. There's no, nothing no. to ask about. So no. just so you guys are aware of that. Walk is – he was 11-2 and two last year. And I remember looking at that going, boy, this would be something if they could get something like that from him this year. They'd take it. Pretty, pretty darn close. Pretty close. He's 10-2 <laughs> and two right now. So, all right, fantastic. Uh, Tony, we'll catch up with you again for the Big Five. In the meantime, enjoy your uh, runaround meeting all your friends in Milwaukee. we got more Gwen and Chris coming up on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.